Through my veins flows milk with sawdust in it. That's how today's guest described his agricultural background. He comes from a long line of Pennsylvania dairy farmers and is now shaping the federal farm policies that help keep America farmers and the rural economy alive and thriving. We are thrilled to welcome Congressman G.T. Thompson to the Groundwork Podcast. This is the podcast where we break down the issues in Washington that matter most to rural America. And there's no one better to do that than Congressman G.T. Thompson. He's a dedicated friend to agriculture, serving now as the newly minted chairman of the House Agriculture Committee. Welcome uh, to the show, Chairman Thompson. Hey, Tom, thank you so much. Always a, a blessing and an honor to be able to spend time with you. I love it. We've spent some great time uh, and we have a lot to cover today. Maybe just want to dive right in. So as chairman of the House Ag Committee, you're one of you will be the, the chief architect of the new farm bill. Maybe just start by walking this through uh, your roadmap for pulling together such an important piece of legislation. Um, I know you started with a hearing uh, last week in your home state of Pennsylvania or in your home district. Uh, it got great reviews. It was a bipartisan uh, hearing, but maybe just start off, uh, tell us a little bit about the process, but uh, first kind of with the question, will there be a farm bill in 2023? Well, let me just start with the most important question. As far as I'm concerned, absolutely, yes, there will be a farm bill in 2023. Rural America uh, uh, needs it. Our, our farmers, ranchers, and foresters, our processors, key, st key stakeholders in rural America, demand it and we need to do our job uh well tom i i mean i, I appreciate you reference my home state but i gotta tell you about uh, my my road to the the uh farm bill uh 2023 farm bill started in your hometown uh, uh two years ago right and uh with a visit there when i was first became ranking member and that's that's where i kicked off my uh uh um, perpetual barnstorming tour of uh agriculture america and I was in Texas uh, with with you and Congressman Jody Arrington and a lot of actually a number of members of the Pennsylvania delegation and had such a, a great visit there. And it really was that 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 rural summit really was the start of my um, listening tour uh, of bringing voices back uh, from from all over the nation back to the table. Um, and you're right. And then we more formally. Uh, my my first act uh, as uh, as as the uh, well, I was the first member of Congress in nearly 170 years from Pennsylvania uh, to serve as House Agriculture Committee. The only only the third yeah. uh, in, in our history. And Pennsylvania yeah, is a great agricultural state. I mean, uh, yeah, it is. We had the very first one in 1820, yeah. um, and that gentleman was a Federalist. Uh, and then in around the Civil War, uh, well, before the Civil War, 1855, we had a Democrat. And and now today I have the privilege of serving as uh, the, the 53rd chairman of the U.S. House Agriculture Committee. Um, and uh, and so we did have a great, uh, uh, great uh, initial bipartisan uh, listening session in Pennsylvania here on uh actually it was Friday the 13th but that was a lucky day for rural <laughs> America the the turnout there was amazing I mean they uh the farm show complex uh 
uh, we had hundreds of people attend. They were pulling chairs from all over the complex, and then we still had standing room only in the back. And uh, joined in with uh, bipartisan uh, members of Congress, many on the Ag Committee. Uh, we had uh, a couple of uh, Pennsylvania folks who joined us that uh, are just good ag advocates, not on the committee. And, and I think it's uh, as the road continues, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I think I'm the same way every chairman probably has been. Every chairman wants a farm bill that's bipartisan and on time and, and effective, highly effective. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've always prided myself on my willingness to, you know, reach across the aisle. And uh, I, don't, you know, I don't think that uh, probably Republicans and Democrats have the best ideas alone. You, you've got to bring everybody to the table. And uh, I've been known for that over my service in Congress. Mm-hmm. So some, some pretty transformational pieces of legislation I've done, but I've done it because I brought everybody to the table and we need to keep our foot on the gas when it comes to the farm bill in the new year uh, to work as efficiently as possible. That's, that's great. There's no doubt your, your, your method of, of, uh, of working uh, across the aisle and, and working toward um, uh, compromise and, and, and kind of solution based, you know, it's, you, you identify a problem, you pursue a solution. That's what I've seen uh, in your time in the Congress. And I really admire that. Also admire, the work ethic. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned the barn, the start of the barnstorming tour where you came out to, to Lubbock. And I, I tell you, the farmers out here still talk about that. The peanut farmers love giving you, and, and for the listeners, this is a tasty treat. I promise you, put salted peanuts, best if you have Spanish peanuts with the with the shells on, or with the uh, skins on, salted peanuts in a Coca-Cola and just drink that baby down on a hot summer day. <laughs> that was a first for me. And I could see why it, why it was popular. It was, uh, it was delicious. It's really good. But then you've, you've barnstormed, you know, every, it seems like when I go out in the country, farmers in every you know corner of the nation that I talk to say, Oh yeah, GT was out here. I had a great listening session. It actually came out to the farm, engaged, spent a day, learned a lot. It's just, it's so gratifying and fun to see. And I know it gives you, that basis of knowledge uh, and just experience and confidence that you need uh, taking on this chairmanship. So maybe just to talk a little bit about the farm bill, what what programs and and uh, and, and policies are you thinking about that that need to be the biggest priority uh, in the next farm bill? Well, you know, the biggest priority is to get this done on time, right? Uh, before the before it expires, which would be October first of this year, right. provide uh, some certainty. Yeah. yeah, provide some provide some certainty, and uh, and so um, and, and we're behind uh, just because of you know COVID was a factor. There are probably some other factors, but um, but we got we got to remain nimble and and, and work together, uh, and that includes obviously working with the Senate. Uh, really excited about working with uh, uh, Chairwoman Stabenow. Uh, I, you know, I was a little concerned in her announcement of her retirement, but she's not retiring early, so she's going to be here for this farm bill. And, and of course, uh, Senator John Bozeman is just a dear friend of mine. We, he was a mentor when I came into the house and a, a Bible study buddy. And mm-hmm. you don't get to know anybody any better than fundamentally and foundationally in terms of faith. Um, so that's the number one priority. But, you know, the programs and priorities are, are some of the biggest priorities. Well, first, we, you know, we uh, in terms of the sense, we have to conduct first a thorough audit of what's working, what's not and what needs fine tuning. We really haven't had the USDA before. The secretary a few times came before the committee, but it was always on very specific things. There's been no audit of, of all of the uh, or even a large majority of all the titles of the Farm Bill. And so mm-hmm. that's. Uh, that's step one. And then, uh, you know, and then, you know, obviously we need to, to, to do some robust oversight 
or what is some of the what I think is reckless spending? Um, yeah. Put it this way, it was um, partisan spending. And that's not how we do things in rural America with agriculture. Agriculture is a farm team that's made up of Republicans and Democrats and independents. I mean, yeah. I mean, we all work together uh, for the for the benefit of those hardworking families who provide us food and fiber, building materials and energy resources. And the Biden administration is, is, is just everything they've done has been really partisan. And I'm trying to fix that, obviously, building a I think rebuilding, restoring a, a really good relationship with Secretary Vilsack. Um, uh, we've been uh, breaking bread on a regular basis together. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to having uh, restoring that partnership that I haven't seen for a couple of years, um, uh, you know, because. You know, you, you face it, it's not just a reckless spending, but the, it's a crippling regulatory agenda, right? Most recently, the waters of the U.S. being reintroduced, uh, the threats of ending uh, stepped-up basis. Uh, so this will be a farm bill that puts producers first and aims to revitalize rural America. And that, and that means tackling things like energy costs, politicization of pesticides, uh, crop protection tools uh, for both food and fiber, and keeping a watchful eye on, on the excessive regulations. So that's just the beginning. We're also, uh, obviously, and this is something I hear a lot, uh, the th thing, my priorities are the priorities of the farmers, ranchers, foresters, the, the priorities of American agriculture. I hear about these things, whether starting in Lubbock, but, you know, uh, since that time, I've been in well over 30 states, uh, you know, hosting listening sessions and and uh, building relationships and, and learning what the priorities are. So, you know, this first one is, is a real common theme, and that's, you know, the safety net and, and uh, protecting uh, crop insurance, uh, uh, dairy, dairy margin coverage, and, and looking to see if there's ways to mitigate, you know, costly uh, ad hoc uh, the disaster funding, which is which is important, but it's on. There's too much uncertainty around it, um, you know. It uh, and to build out existing programs to better meet the current needs. And all honestly, uh, my farm farm bill priority once again are dictated by what I'm hearing on the ground from the hardworking men and women of agriculture. Uh, I love that. And, and I really appreciate you talking about, you know, breaking bread with Secretary Vilsack trying to, I mean, I love, you know, I'm a cheese ball when it comes to agriculture and the political process. Um, I, I kind of Pollyannish. I have that reputation and I'm, I'm secure with that, uh, Jeremy Thompson, but I love the thought of actually agriculture kind of leading the way to get to a better dialogue across the aisle to, you know, where, where the Congress would function you know, it's always built to be messy, uh, but but it needs to function. You need to be able to find some elements of compromise. When it comes to a massive debt that we're looking at right now, you need to be able to have serious and 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 credible, you know, honest conversations across the aisle, not just play political gotcha all the time. And you've been a model of that. That's what I, I hope everyone across the aisle can just trust. Let's enter into this conversation about how we do better. So I love and thank you for kind of just voicing uh, uh, your heart there. The, the, I, I want to talk just a little bit about the budget because, um, you know, we're, we've hit the debt ceiling in the last couple of days yet again. Uh, we've been spending uh, significant amounts of, of, of dollars. You know, I, I think when we think about the challenges for this next farm bill, the, the budget's got to be one. Ag is a tiny fraction of, of the overall federal spending, but but there aren't a whole lot of people involved. And so uh, it, it tends to attract a lot of critics. I, I want to just ask kind of what do you see as some of the biggest challenges to the farm bill? Is, is budget one of them? And then, and then kind of as a follow-up to that, and sorry, this is listing off a lot of questions. You know, we have been, 
dependent on this kind of ad hoc process for the last five years. Isn't it credible to make the case that we could do better by the farmers and better by the taxpayers uh, if we actually budgeted for and allowed the resources for the writing of a strong farm bill where we could balance the equities, create credible policy uh, that will that will meet the needs uh, no matter where the economy goes. Isn't that, a, isn't that a credible case to make that you can actually spend less over time if you have an adequate safety net in place? There was a no, lot, so sorry for going on so long. No, no, absolutely. I, you know, I, th I think the farm bill um, is um, it's a, a very important investment in the American economy. You know, because the farm bill, if we if we're doing this farm bill correctly, you know, uh, we will achieve the visions that I've laid out from from when I was first elected as ranking member. And yeah. that we will, number one, restore a robust rural economy. You know, when we do that, everybody benefits, right? You bet. And not just the families of rural America, the families of urban America benefit when we have a robust rural economy. Government benefits, you know, because quite frankly, when things are robust economically, the, you know, the, the uh, you know, the, the, the amount of taxes that are contributed increase. And that helps to fund not just rural America, but, but all of America. And so I, you know, I that's that's how I view um, the opportunities uh, uh, through the lens of return on, on investment mm -hmm. of what we're doing. We're not doing handouts here. We're doing investments uh, in uh, uh, in what is probably well, in my mind, undoubtedly, is the most important industry in the country because this is the industry that provides people everything that's essential. These things come from Central America. They come from rural America, you know, food, fiber, building materials, energy resources. And it's a, it's a one industry that 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 every family in this country and a lot and quite frankly, families, some families around other parts of the world rely on um, several times a day and mm -hmm. as a result of American agriculture. And so uh, so, yeah, it, you know, it is. Uh, and you mentioned the economics of it. Uh, there are some folks that want me to predict, and they'll ask me, "Well, you know, are, are you know what are uh, you know are you limiting your scope of what you're looking at because of of the economics? We have so much debt." And and uh, and Tom, it may be because my background was uh, I came out of healthcare, yep. uh, you know, twenty eight years, and and as a therapist and a and a manager, I, I led a team of individuals, and I. And we never once in 28 years did we walk into a room, look at a patient and say, this is what we're going to do for you. We come in and did an assessment first. Yep. We did an evaluation, a thorough evaluation. And that's what we're doing now. That's what these listening sessions are. That's what, you know, the hearings that Chairman Scott started back in June, which is greatly appreciated. Good, good start. And that's what we're going to intensify in Washington because we have to have the information first and then we'll, then we need to look realistically at the financial implications. But I do look at the financial implications as a return on investment uh, and, and, and the country will be better off financially, economically, job wise, nutritionally uh, as a result of, of what we do with this farm bill. So what are some of the biggest challenges? I think the biggest challenge right now is, is time. I mean, because we are behind. And as I've said, you know, I think the fact that now it's crunch time is a significant hurdle, but I'm optimistic. Uh, I'm an eternal optimist, I guess. Uh, that's what I've been told anyways. And I know that we, we've got a solid farm team who's up to challenge. We've traded in our dress shoes for our work boots. You know, part, you know, part of the delay is a, is a ripple effect caused by COVID-19, but, 
you know, part of it is just politics and bureaucracy. You know, the great president and fellow outdoorsman, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, once said, do what you can with what you have where you are. And that's the approach I've taken since day one as ranking member of the committee. And now as chairman of the committee, we've, you know, we've prioritized uh, member education. I've got, uh, um, I think, 11 uh, new members, uh, freshmen on the uh, on the Republican side. Uh, we have over 200 of uh, over 200 of the 435 members of Congress that have never debated or voted on a farm bill. That's uh, and and so we've we've got a we've got a, a a lot of work to do. And so I'm committed to doing that. Obviously, really intense member education with our members of the committee, but also with the members of Congress. And we've already I started that as a ranking member and I was a ranking member. I only had the ability to do that with with Republicans as chairman. Now I can reach across the aisle and and we can have those uh, the, those uh, educational opportunities with rank and file Democrats and Republicans so that they can hear the about the importance of the farm bill, what it really is, what it's not. We can address some of those myths that are out there, uh, misinformation that gets passed around. Yep. Um, and, uh, and quite frankly, uh, take the opportunity to hear from farmers, ranchers and producers, you know, directly to make the most of the time we've had. I'm so glad folks are getting to hear your, your heart in this. I, I, you and I are simpatico on, on being an optimist. I'm, I love that you think about the the dollar investment in terms of return on investment. Obviously, you know, in these ag programs, particularly those that support the farmers. So talk about Title I policies across all the program crops and dairy and everything, sugar. Uh, you you add in the, the conservation programs, the conservation cost share. You add in federal crop insurance that supports farmers. All that is about $20 billion out of you know a, a federal government that spent over six trillion uh, the last couple of years, it's a tiny, tiny fraction what's uh, spent. And 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 I argue often that that you you'd be hard pressed to find any area of federal spending that provides a better return on investment uh, than than that in agriculture, which provides the basis for this most affordable, most abundant, safest food supply in in uh, uh, you know in the world in the history. Of, of mankind. It truly is remarkable. Okay, Chairman, I, I want to ask, uh, maybe pivot just a little bit to uh, climate-related stuff. Obviously, it gets a lot of press right now over in Davos. The world's elite are are making great plans for, <laughs> for, for you and I, but you represent the People's Congress, and, and, and I love that. But it, this is a big issue of, of concern uh, on, on, you know, what's uh, happening in the climate, how farmers uh, can do more to better manage their land and resources to to uh, preserve and protect them for the next generation. I often argue that's that's part of the U.S. farmer ethic. These these entrepreneurial you know family farms that naturally you know will want to pass the land and resources their investment on to the next generation better than it was passed to them. It's one of the things that I, I love about rural America. But um, it, and and they are dedicated. Every farmer I know out there is is dedicated. They are you know, they are environmentalists by nature, uh, but we have these programs to increase uh, conservation and and uh, and help farmers practice climate smart type of farming. How will how do you see this debate kind of framing up uh, in the next farm bill? How will the farm bill maybe incentivize these voluntary producer led initiatives going forward? Well, we're going to continue to build on the success we've had, and 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 the success that we've had is based on um, 
real science. You know, a lot of the climate discussion, and quite frankly, my interactions with with the uh, uh, I've had the opportunity to address the the European Union, uh, each of those countries, uh, uh, secretaries of agriculture. Uh, I mean, I find that what, they're still working off of political science, not real science. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we today, the American farmer, uh, American agriculture, which includes our farmers, our ranchers, our foresters, are the climate heroes. Um, they do it better anyone than anywhere in the world. You know, you you look at the statistic that backs that up, and it's because of the programs you made reference to, right? Mm-hmm. The conservation programs that are out there, the tools that we provide through the Farm Bill, the the fact that American agriculture can be defined by just three words: science, technology, and innovation. And it's not static; it's dy- dynamic. It's improving every day as a result of a lot of the research that gets done through our land grant universities and other great agriculture uh, universities and research programs uh, across the uh, across the country. Uh, you know the the most you know the most recent data I've looked at talks about how you know the the, the American farmer and I use that broadly. So that's crops, livestock, and trees. You know we. The work that they do and the measures that they use and the, the technology and the science that they apply, you know, they sequester 6.1 gigatons of carbon annually. Now, I still to this day, Tom, I have no idea how big a gigaton is. It sounds <laughs> right, but but bigger than a breadbasket. But if you dig a little deeper into the research, you'll find that to put it into perspective for everyone listening, it, we sequester 10.1 percent more than what we admit. Yeah, you know, make making the farmer the American farmer, and again, I use that broadly to, to include all commodities, including um, fiber and trees, we do it better than uh, anyone in the world. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not to say we can't do better. I mean, we're working hard on that. I was very pleased at the end of last year. Uh, and I think this was a testament to how we can work together for success with the farm bill, the four corners. Before I became ranking member, I'm not sure I knew what that meant, but it's uh, mm-hmm. you know the chairs and the ranking members, the House and Senate. We worked together to to move some significant legislation at the end of the 117th Congress, mm-hmm. and part of that was the Sustains Act, which was uh, my bill yep. uh, that creates a, a public-private partnership so that businesses, industries, corporations of all sizes, from huge you know like Amazon's and Microsoft mm-hmm. and Apple right down to the local hardware store and tractor supply and drugstore anyone that wants to get any business that wants to get their climate credential as being sustainable or whatever you know, being climate uh, champions uh, they can make a contribution to this public pri- private partnership with USDA and we will use that money to fund additional conservation programs to be able to reach more provide more tools the more uh, to more farmers. And so uh, that, that, I think that's transformational. That's opening us up to, it's not taxing uh, the, the, the American taxpayer. Right. Uh, it, it's meeting a number of needs and certainly going to meet the needs of, of our, of our farmers and farm families. Uh, but it's also, uh, you know, it's going to meet the needs of uh, uh, the climate um, and the, the environment. And as you said, uh, you know, the, the American farmers, the original stewards, uh, whether it's land, water, or air, uh, they uh, they probably have a deeper appreciation for the soil and the streams that are flowing through their through their acreage than probably probably the average person. Yeah, yeah, I'm so glad you say it, and and congratulations on on getting the enactment of the Sustains Act. I know 
you'd work on that for some time and kind of it came alongside with the growing climate solutions act which yeah and now and others had worked on it it really was gratifying to see the way the four corners so uh yourself uh ranking member scott or now ranking member scott and and senator bozeman and senator stabenow of course work together in the end of the year that bodes well in in my opinion we i think we were all on the outside really encouraged and there's no doubt you know the american farmer uh you know when you look at the needs of the world i mean first you know the greatest hope of, of meeting the, the the food needs the first the first priority needs of a growing world eight billion people growing to growing to 10 billion people is the american farmer bringing their technology expertise entrepreneurialism ethic of getting better every year to the table uh, to feed this growing world, but also to address uh, the 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 very real uh, climate needs that are out there. There's no better class of farmers in the world than the American farmer to to leverage uh, the the creativity and and the resources that are going to be needed uh, to address these climate issues. So, man, yeah, just thanks for yeah. thanks for speaking. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think that, you know, and, and I know you're dedicated to this as well, but, you know, what everything that we do is focused on the farmer of today, not just the farmer of today, yeah. but the farmer of tomorrow, um, of what's over the horizon. And, you know, the really cool part is that it's so centered in, again, these three words, and I overuse them, but I don't think you can overuse them. In fact, I'm going to incorporate these three words I'm incorporating into the jurisdiction of all six subcommittees, science, technology, and innovation. And, and you know, the other cool part of that, uh, Tom, is we, uh, I, I think this will serve as a magnet to bring uh, uh, more young people into agriculture. Yeah. When they truly understand that, that uh, you know, when you're working in agriculture, it's just not the, to me, the greatness of working the soil. Uh, whether you're putting livestock on it or crops in it, um, you know, it's the fact that you're, it's hands-on technology and new innovations. And we live in a wonderful time where the innovations are coming at a faster rate um, and, uh, and technology, you know, whether it's using technology to run your irrigation system, using uh, uh, some type of AI technology that senses, uh, you know, what the, the moisture needs are, are of a field or certainly robotic milkers uh, in the dairy industry, uh, you know, the new, uh, you know, the new discoveries when it comes to nutrition for livestock. And there's just so much, all parts of agriculture um, are uh, benefiting from uh, that uh, science, technology and innovation. I couldn't agree more. Three great words, and and you're so right. It's it's exciting to see this these these new breakthroughs in science applied to kind of this ground up. And there's there's nothing more more fun than seeing you know kids and farm families actually adopting some of this technology to to, to know their soil better. But but you can't replace you know no amount of technology is going to replace their love for and passion for uh, the land and the environment around them and the ability to harness nature to produce a crop that's going to feed a hungry world that 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 you know you combine the science technology and innovation with that cultural ethic that we have in united states farms it's it's a beautiful thing to 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 uh to behold and i'm so proud that that you're going to be the chairman that gets to kind of steward and harness uh that creative power over the next over the next few years maybe just a quick comment on this don't you think agriculture can kind of be an example for for all of Congress in this? 
Oh, I think so. I mean, the Agriculture Committee has always been one of the most bipartisan committees. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to build on that that foundation. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, well, you know me pretty well. I'm, uh, in fact, uh, the folks in Lubbock know me really well. When I came out there and spoke that rural summit, uh, I, I received a great uh, uh, cowboy hat, Western hat with my uh, name on it. And they also gave me uh, a, uh, a Boy Scout uh, smoky hat, uh, which was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got that in my office in Washington. And I am an old Boy Scout, 50, you know, I hate to admit it, probably 52, 53 years in, in scouting. So I always... I learned the scouting about doing things from a principal perspective. Yeah. And so I've always followed principal-based leadership. And so I'm hoping to build on the bipartisan success we've had in the past by making us principal-driven. So for every title, every every task that, that we take as a committee, the first thing I, I've been doing for two years, and we'll now we'll do that as chairman, will be to try to work together and define what are our principles, what are our guiding principles that we can agree upon. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, I, I find that's just a very successful approach, whether we're dealing with with Title One with commodities, uh, you know, whether we're, we're dealing with Title Two, like conservation, whether we're dealing with Title uh, Four, which is nutrition, which can be a little con contentious. But I, I think if we can if we can land on some agreed upon and we've already uh, defined principles for many of those, including Title Four, um, you know, if we can uh base our work, use that for our true north needle, like on a compass, uh, yep. um, then uh, we, we can really uh, set an example for the rest of Congress for, you know, for being able to get things, uh, get things done and not just get it across the finish line, but making it highly effective. Man, be prepared and pursue the true north. The, those are great words to, to, to end on. We probably need to wrap up. Chairman, Thompson, you've been so generous with your time. I, I can't thank you enough. I, I just want to say we appreciate your your hard work, your dedication, your principled approach. Um, we're just grateful to have leaders like you and ranking member David Scott and the other leaders we 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 mentioned. I, I'm, it makes me optimistic uh, for this farm bill going forward. It also keeps me optimistic for. Uh, uh, our nation's farmers and ranchers, and for the state of our nation. So really, thank you so much for taking time with us today. No, thank you so much. Uh, uh, I, uh, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to be be with you on this podcast and uh, and appreciate uh, the fact that uh, you all at uh, Combat Cell are, are at the table. You know, I'll, uh, on behalf of uh, a lot of hardworking agriculture families, I like to, I always have said, and I learned this BC before, uh, which is before Congress and before children for me. So a long time ago, uh, that if you're not at the table when it comes to public policy, you're probably on the menu. <laughs> and, and although a lot of our agriculture commodities want to be at the, be on a table, uh, that's not what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> and uh, so I, I appreciate what you and your colleagues do to you know to bring uh, to help bring the the voices of uh, American agriculture to the table. Yes, sir. It's, it's an honor to do it. We're, we're, we're going to try and be prepared and, and be right alongside with you. So uh, thanks again for the time. That's going to do it for this episode of Groundwork. I'm Tom Sell.